Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. Hope everybody's having an awesome day. Man, it's nice to have some uh, weather in the 20 degrees and not having it snow. I'm sure that folks all around South Central Alaska and the Anchorage area are appreciating that. Um, we got a special guest today, Mayor uh, Mayor Bronson today. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Thanks, John. Thanks uh, to your Must Read uh, listeners, and thank you to Must Read for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, excited that you're on today. I think one of the things that is super exciting this season, <laughs> outside of the monumental snow that you all are having, is that the Sullivan Arena is finally open for entertainment. Talk to me a little bit about that. That's pretty cool. Well, it, it is open. We've got a lot of events uh, scheduled. Uh, it takes a while to populate an event calendar for a facility of that size. Um, <coughs> we've got some kind of kids dinosaur thing. We've got gun shows. We've got, I think there's a rock concert in there of some kind. Um, we've got multiple events, but it, we, as the calendar builds over the next year, uh, we're, we're real excited. The ice is in, the ice is ready to go. Um, it's being operated by, um, a, a different group. Um, it, it, the Muni doesn't operate. This doesn't schedule it. It's, we simply own the building and it's under an operating agreement. So, but we're real excited to get the old Sully back, back up and running. Yeah. It's been years, right? Since there's been a concert or a truck show or a gun show right it's i mean it's been a long time yep it's a very special venue i think in the hearts of all of us and i remember the sporting shows and in the hockey tournaments and the graduations um uh, it i i hope we can get in some high school graduations uh i know some of the other venues are real short people can't invite uh short of seating people kids can't invite their whole family uh, to their graduation, which was really sad. And traditionally in this, nearly 8,000 seats, we can seat uh, entire families. So that that's a big plus. Plenty of room there in the Sullivan Arena. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things I saw on your Facebook recently that I, that I thought was pretty awesome was something called Hometown Heroes. Um, talk to me a little bit about that for folks that don't know what that is and what that event was where you honored that uh, particular policeman. Yeah, we we did. We we had uh, one of our police officers who was honored. He got a he got a you know um, he got a, a a brand new fire engine red, uh, beautiful Chevy uh, Chevy pickup truck, and uh, we're real proud of him. He did a great job. And um, 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 anyways, yeah, that, it was a real good thing. Um, uh, Man, I lost the name of the group that that gave it to him. I, my mind, my my brain's going. <laughs> you got a couple fast. things going on, right? <laughs> yeah, I just, as you know, I just came from an event here. I sit down, boom, we're on. Uh, so, anyways, but yeah, um, we 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 were real proud of him. Hometown here, uh, um, hometown hero award, and uh, it it did well. That's awesome. 
So one of the one of the things that just kicked off was the new, you know, this 2024 legis- legislative session. Did you all go down the June already? What was that like? And what are some of the things that you're working with the state on this year uh, that you're excited about? Well, we've got some real important priorities. We, you know, securing the port funding. Uh, there was rumors that someone, a, a, fo- a few folks might want to claw that $200 million back. That's that's the largest single appropriation in the history of the state. We got two sessions ago, and we're real, we're real proud of that. It's very necessary. Um, uh, the other thing that's rising very quickly, if you've listened to the testimony yesterday down there, multiple meetings, pretty um, we'll just call it a crisis because it is, and that's cooking natural gas. We got real short last week, Wednesday and Thursday night. We got it got real tight. So for a week there, with that below zero temperatures, every my comms team would meet with all the other comms team of all of the uh, utilities, primarily NSTAR, and they would have their 2 p.m. meeting. This went on for days, and then they would get the data constructor communications plan but then the night before so at at 9 p.m they start taking a look at the pressure in uh sing what we call singsa which was the underground storage area uh cook inland natural gas uh storage area i think it's called and um that's that shock absorber it's that that underground natural underground storage area where we pump in natural gas when we're, when we're, when we're pumping more than we demand. And then when we demand more than we pump into the field, um, this is, this sinks is what we pump out of. And we had a couple mechanical failures um, and uh, really created a real challenge. And it was a couple wells failed and then a compressor over on the West side of the inlet failed. And so we were down um, to the compressor alone was 30 million cubic feet a day failure. And then so it was getting real significant. And I, I'm not saying we were at brownout or certainly not blackout, but we were getting forced to, you know, having everyone turn down their thermostat and turn off their lights. And but we 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 cheated. Uh, <laughs> we cheated that that death. Um, by very, very small margins, but it is what it did is it highlighted the need to reinvest in Cook Inlet and produce more natural gas. And the, quite frankly, my opinion is, and it's just my opinion, is we need to um, stimulate investment uh, because the politicians created some huge problems here eight, nine years ago, 2016. Um, and, and they destimulated, quite frankly, investment in Cook Inlet natural gas. And that's how we heat our homes, and that's pretty much how we we generate most of our electricity. And yep. if that fails, we're in trouble. There's going to be a great article coming out in the ADN in the next day or two uh, by uh, Rick Whitbeck, which will kind of explain a lot of this and how how eminent or imminent, I should say, this this crisis is. And um, and 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 that'll inform us. So, is what I did here a few months ago. A couple months ago, was uh, create a uh, a mayor's task force. Essentially, it was a coalition of mayors from all the way from Homer to Houston, and uh, work. We've we've had a couple meetings now. Now we're creating the technical group that that will inform us on all of this stuff going forward to make sure that the voters. 
the people along uh, from Homer to Houston are well represented and we have our voice heard because there's a lot of things that are being said out there. Uh, you know, large increases to the to the cost of heating it, uh, along the rail belt, like very large increases to the cost of heating. We've got to make sure that everything is being done to make sure that doesn't happen. We we represent a lot of people, most of the state. And um, and so that's and we will start publishing our results, our opinions. Um, we we're going to uh, uh, provide to the public through my mayor's webpage um, uh, all the data that we're looking at. My my belief is is you don't keep secrets in government. Is what you do is you flood the zone with information, and then if everyone's informed, they're less inclined to be worried uh, because when you give them all the information and we come up with solutions and it fits the information. Uh, they'll be happy. Um, I, I'm really hopeful that we do, will not have to import liquid natural gas to Cook Inlet, uh, either in the near term or in the intermediate term. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen? The technical folks will inform us on that. Yeah. Sounds like it's a, a lot of work in front of you because there's probably no easy solution. Um, lots of long-term planning uh, probably will right. Well, there's, there's a short-term problem. John Sims uh, over at NSTAR, he said... Uh, 2025, uh, he just says we're out of gas. Yeah, uh, I don't think he and I didn't see the meeting. He was testifying. Uh, I don't think he meant that it's gone. It's just that we we fall f so our production falls so far below um, um, demand levels that it becomes urgent. Yeah. And uh, and I agree with that from all the data that I've seen and that we're processing. So, uh, but yeah, it is important. I actually hired a a new employee just to process this and manage this program for our mayors uh, in the coalition. So how's homeless issues been going? I know when you first took office, that was one of the things that you wanted to tackle from a, you know, more of a, um, a practical business standpoint than a right. political football standpoint. So what are some of the things that you all have been doing this winter to help tackle that problem? Well, unfortunately, we found ourselves in a very reactive mode. The fortunate thing is my staff is in, and other partners have reacted well. And so we've gotten to some very workable solutions for the near term. Uh, we stood up the Solid Waste Center admin building and mechanic uh, facility. Um, and we've got about 200 people there. Uh, we've turned part of it into a warming facility, which allows people to come in. Uh, that was we did that in the last week or 10 days i had to declare an emergency to do that that emergency ends i think on the 13th and but it not very inelegant solution i i still believe we need a large navigation facility shelter where we can put people uh that are very much inclined to live on our streets uh, problematically um, i still believe that's the best path forward uh, of course, that's the the big old, single biggest point of contention between the assembly and I. It has been for, for day one. I simply adopted the best idea that was out there. I didn't come up with it. It's just it, it matriculated to the top as far as ideas. Um, no, no solution in the homeless world is perfect. Yeah. Um, but that one was as close to being really good as you could possibly get. And it's still it's 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 failed. Yeah. So right now. 
So, you know, if people are homeless out there, there's a place for them in general to go, whether it's something that the city's running or a nonprofit, there's options for them to uh, be housed in a warm bed at night. Is that a correct statement? No, we do, we don't actually have enough. We have people unsheltered. I don't think that's a good thing for them or for the public, certainly not for shop owners downtown who have to deal with this. Um, and, and I hear this notion at times, well, we don't have a homeless problem. We got a lawless problem. And Bronson f refuses to fight the problem. If I, if I could get these people off the street, I would. It is what they're, you know, going and doing a roundup. That is illegal. If I told the police chief to do that, he'd laugh me out of the room. Uh, the lawyers wouldn't let me do it. Uh, we, our municipal code allows for that in some sense. The problem is, is the Ninth Circuit Court made a decision back in 2018, which says we cannot do that. You cannot you cannot force a person off public space until you have a place that means a bed, four walls, heat, uh, um, amenities. Until you provide that space, you can't put them, keep them from camping in public space. It's actually, in a lot of ways, not a bad idea. So just build the space. And that space is a shelter or a navigation center. That's why we wanted it was because now we have that footprint to put people and we, then we can prohibit them from being in, in public public areas, camping in public areas. Uh, but I, I had a, I got a group of nine mini mayors that, that, that don't like my <laughs> ideas and uh, it's a strange world in which we live. But, you know, we are working together on some things. The housing thing, I think we kind of agree on. We do need to provide more housing, allow private enterprise and nonprofits to provide that housing. So there is some, some uh, public money involved in that. Uh, and I think that is a good idea. In the last uh, 18 months, my administration has stood up, I think, 341 homes, living spaces for folks that were otherwise homeless. I think that's a good success. But there's a small component of the overall group that are very problematic, will not come indoors unless they're compelled to. Um, and these are the, and I'm, I'm getting various estimates, but it's about 150 people. These are the ones that are the most problematic on our streets, especially downtown. Um, and at any temperature, at any time, they will not come inside. And we've got to get to the point where we can compel them to go where we want them to be, uh, not in our parks and our trails. So uh, you've had a record snowfall. I think I've seen reports on, you know, this is the most amount of snow you know, since they started recording it in the shortest amount of time. How's that been this year um, in terms of snow removal and, and stuff like that? How's that going for you? Well, every snowfall, we set the, we set a new record. Um, so so now sto snow, the, new, the new story is going to be snow storage. So the private snow storage areas are full or, or rapidly approaching that. Um, I think we're at about 80, 85% full on our public storage, the Muni owned public storage sites. And that's where the snow that's in our streets and our right of ways has to go. Um, it, but if we get another couple feet of snow, um, we got real challenges. And the other issue now is the snow is, is there's so much snow, we've got roof collapses. So now we're, we're really exciting people to get out and shovel their flat roofs. Well, where does that snow go? 
it's got to go somewhere and everyone's full and if that's got to go into public storage then our so when we get to a point where our public snow storage areas muni snow storage areas are full we got a real problem because we can't store it on the streets that's why we're leaving so much snow in the right-of-ways that's why my cul-de-sac i've got a mountain of snow in my cul-de-sac that is just monstrous it's that's two stories high i think it's <laughs> 25 yards across it's pretty vertical and we're snow storing snow wherever we can to mitigate this this thing and i'm starting to wonder when the sun comes out how long is this are we going to have snow in our streets and piled up in mid-june uh may, are our snow dumps going to be so so full that by when we need to need them again in october are they still going to have this year's snow on them we're starting to think about those things those are real those could be real challenges so i read something um yesterday that you know we we could have another um uh, whatever they want to call it this time around covid or whatever iteration where we see you know uh elected officials doing mask mandates uh this summer and shutting down businesses again is is you you you've been the mayor the pro freedom mayor the business you know open for business the libertarian mayor, mayor. Yeah, the no no mask mandate kind of stance on things is that something that um you're going to still stand on this summer if those things come back around and rear its head at the lower 48 well we'll, we'll process the data as it comes in um you know, if it's the bubonic plague, I think maybe everyone should stay home and not intermingle for a little bit. But the notion <laughs> that I'm not going to compel anyone to take a vaccine. And if it's this, in, the assumption is it's the same as, as it was three and four years ago. Uh, I will do the same thing as I did three and four years ago. If you want a mask, come to my health department, we'll give you a mask. If you want a vaccine, go, go to my health department, we'll give you a vaccine. Um, if you don't want either one of those, go about your business. We're not going to, we're not going to compel people to put plexiglass up in their restaurants or their stores. Uh, we're not going to tell restaurants they need six foot spacing between their tables. Uh, I think we now realize it's pretty universally accepted that all that stuff was nonsense. And, uh, so it, COVID, COVID-19 did inform us. You know, on a lot of things, did did COVID injure and, and kill a lot of people? It did. Um, did the vaccine injure a lot of people? Well, I think the data is pretty clear. The vaccine has been injuring people too. Was the vaccine effective? I think it was for older people early on. But then I just look at the data and I say people have had two or three vaccines and multiple boosters, and they're they're still getting COVID to this day. So I mean, a rational person has to ask. Did the vaccine work? So is the risk versus the reward? That's up to the individual. Again, I'm a libertarian. You decide. If you want a vaccine and there's one available again, um, go to the health department, get one. Uh, Governor Dunleavy and I uh, kind of look at this the same way. And people are concerned. If they're worried and they think a vaccine is they just got to have it, well, that's that's their choice. And, and go for it. But if you don't want it, that that too is your choice. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's that's kind of how I look at it as well. If if somebody wants to get a vaccine and seventy four boosters, go for it. Just don't 
try to tell me I got to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, John, someone just hand me a list here. So I uh, Sullivan Arena. This is just the short list in the near couple months. So on uh, March 16, 17, we got a gun show. On April 11th, we got a, a big job fair. Uh, it mimics the one that I did. It, it's the same one I did here last month where we had 550 people come in looking for jobs, mostly with the Muni. This one is going to be citywide. So anyone who is looking for employees come to this job fair. That's on April 11th. April 13th, NHL Legends Hockey Game. On April 27th and 28th, Veterans Small Business Showcase. On uh, May 2nd, we have something called Sonic Boom. Boom. Sonic <laughs> Boom. I have no idea what that is. Um, on uh, May 11th, we have Beards, Bacon, and Booze Fest. On 518, May 18th, I have Ace Combat MMA. So, I, hey, I went to an MMA fight the other night at the, uh, at the uh, Alaska Airlines Center. And, um, and um, it was a lot of fun. I'd never been. I've always wanted to go. I'd just never taken the time. Someone invited me to a, an MMA fight. Uh, and boy, we had fun. And That's I awesome. encourage people to go to this one on, on May 18th. And then on just the last one here for the next few months is uh, June 15th, Sully's Rising uh, Fest. Uh, I, I, Sully's Rising Fest. I don't know what that is. And then sometime <laughs> in July, we've got some dinosaur thing for kids. So, hey, I want to back up too. Sergeant John Butler was the guy who got that that award and uh, public service. And I'm telling you, I go to events. That man is virtually uh, everywhere. I saw him grow up in our church here as a young man. He's a great guy. He's been on the police department for 14 years. And I'm not even going to bother mentioning all the public service that guy's done because you don't have the time and I don't have the voice for it today. There's so much he's done. And, and the award was from... Uh, Jeff Jeff Swickard over at Swickard um, Chevrolet. So we were, you know, our, our praise for John Butler and Jeff Swickard at Swickard Chevrolet. That's awesome. Thanks for doing that. You know? Yeah. So um, let's talk about economic development here. Um, that right. was one of, you know, one of your priorities. And I think, you know, last time we chatted, you had some, you know, some great prospects of economic development for, you know, people potentially um, building up and developing downtown Anchorage. Yeah. Uh, any updates there? Um, still, still steady progress. Give us uh, over the rundown. Well, some of the, yes, we've actually had more added to the list. The ones I can mention uh, that are underway is Block Forty One. That's the entire city block downtown that makes that's built around basically the the old Key Bank building, the one with the big light. I, I can see it right now is from here and that whole block that was the old fourth avenue theater that's moving forward uh as with any construction project there's a couple of delays there and we're working on them on some uh deconstruction of a building that's on that site and, and the disposal thereof uh then there's block 96 with which was a great project by sean Devenham uh downtown in fact i I, I had one of my, maybe I can say this, one of my lawyers, new lawyers came up and leased an apartment in that building downtown. Um, so that's open. It's, I can't see that from here, but it's, it's a very, uh, very modern looking, uh, very nice looking building. And that's block 96. Um, we have um, at least two more hotel projects uh, down that I can't mention yet coming in downtown. 
and because uh, we're desperately short on hotel space. And you can tell that in the prices because we, we were easily getting to $500 a room per night this last summer. So is what we've done here, and I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing in the city, is what we've done is we've taken hotel, older hotels offline and, and converted them into other things. Some of them are areas where some of our homeless can live. And, um, and they're controlled by and large by nonprofits. So that's shrunk the supply of hotels. Um, and uh, so now we need to robust that supply of hotels and the investment money is there. And, uh, and there's some really cool projects actually uh, that we hope to be announcing fairly soon. Um, we also, I, I don't know if your listeners remember, maybe I didn't mention this last time, but we, uh, I signed a, a, a modified methane gas agreement with Eklutna Corporation. That is what that did. It has allowed our great partner, Eklutna Corporation, to partner with us. Or we, they're great partners of us. It allows them to develop a, a track that has 1,170 lots on it for housing oh, wow. in Eagle Bay. That's it's called powder, powder Reserve West. And and then we also just, get, we've been working on it for a couple of years, a little bit of contention with the assembly there, but we finally got it going, which is Connie Yoshimura's project, uh, Holton Hills down in Girdwood. And those, I you know, there's it's mixed housing. I, I don't know the exact, what the final, there's a lot of negotiations at the end on how many multiplex, how many single family. I don't know that mix, um, but that's going to be a great project, and we hope to keep expanding from there. And of course, the hotel group is built, is working on um, workforce housing down there. Uh, that'll come forward um, um, at some point here in the future. That'll that'll solve a lot of the problems down there. And then we're just looking at um, providing real estate and infrastructure up to these development sites that'll provide the homes that we need. The single biggest impediment to development in the city that is getting people to move to the city, the people we need and our businesses and government to expand and, and, and do better, not government expand, but private enterprise expand is housing, the cost and availability of housing. Yeah, it's it's we're actually well into crisis mode. We are twenty five hundred homes short. Jeez. And I think last year we only permitted one forty seven. So part of it, there's a whole host interest rates, um, you know, the cost of money, the cost of labor, the availability of labor, but also to government, local government gets in the way far too often. And, and we are working at a desperate pace to make sure that that gets back under control. That's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. But at some point, you just got to step in and, and say, this is the way it's going to be. And we're working very well with the assembly on some Title 21 changes, Title 23 changes. I'm actually, we'll see what the final product is, but we're real excited about that. And I'm working with, you know, um, you know, normally my, my opponents, the assembly, and we, we all see the need for that. That's awesome. So 30 minutes has gone by in a flash mayor. Any last minute thoughts here before we head out? No. Well, yeah, I actually, you know, I, as I look around our, our city, we have got so much to offer, and, and I'm and I'm looking at the money that is coming in in investment in develop for development in this uh, city and in the state, and I'm I'm pretty excited. Uh, we do have some challenges that we got to deal with still with the port, but the port modernization program is on track. We anticipate getting to what we call food security by first quarter of 28. 
That's when terminal number one is complete and operational. Um, the homeless is a challenge, but uh, I filed an amicus brief a couple months ago, three months ago, with the Supreme Court to find relief from a, a federal law which prohibits us from um, um, effectively policing our streets and managing our streets. And we anticipate a positive answer from that in June or July from the Supreme Court. Um, us and 15 other West Coast cities filed that, Ninth Circuit um, jurisdictional cities. We're very excited about, about that. In fact, when we heard that the Supreme Court was going to hear the case, this amicus brief, um, uh, it's Grant's Pass versus Johnson, um, there was high fives everywhere because that that's the last... We're doing pretty well in housing. I mean, we could do much better on sheltering, obviously, uh, but allowing us to then control people who are camping on our streets and public areas, that's kind of that last component that we really need to uh, perfect. Well, Mayor, I appreciate you coming on and, and wishing nothing but success here for Must Read Alaska. For folks that listen, watch, and read Must Read Alaska, I want to thank you. If you want to help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, just go to mustreadalaska.com. On the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. Every $5, $10, $100 helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. And if you want to sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com, and I'd love to have you sponsor the show. Um, again, we wish you nothing but success, Mayor. And until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thanks, Mayor. Thanks, John. And say, give my best to Suzanne.